to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens podcast. This is Ash, and we are about to dive into some yummy, yummy K-pop goodness. It has been way too long since we have talked about the gossip and goings-on in K-pop, but we are back and there is a lot so let's get started. I am here with my whole crew, and I want to introduce each one of them. First of all, there is Jimin. Hello. Nat. Hello. And Jay. Time to get dummy thick. <laughs> <laughs> we are ready. Okay. Um, first of all, before we get started, does anyone want to talk about any K-pop music that they've listened to this past couple of weeks that was interesting? Anything that's not on the charts, maybe underground K-pop or just any music in general that you guys have been listening to? I've, I mean, I have a quick one, just really quickly. Sure. I've been obsessed with nct jet lag it's off of their superhuman we are superhuman um mini i believe it's a great song so check it out guys okay deep cut anyone else i recently rediscovered shinies what is it um from the story of light ep or episode two um something there is love who will be loved who Which waits for love <laughs> who waits for love yes i'm so sorry shiny showels i'm sorry i'm so sorry showels yes who waits for love that is my shiny song i love it so i listen to that on repeat so that's my k-pop cut for the week all right let's get into it uh first of all before we get into the really good stuff um just some goings on. As you guys know, uh, this is Pride Month. And, you know, you may have heard about, you know, some of the different things that's going on and, you know, honor of supporting people, LTGBQ people and supporting, you know, different organizations and things like that. So this new story kind of associates with that in a way. Recently, Monster X members Wanho and Jihyun had their V-Live. Of course, idols are always having V-Lives, but they encountered a fan, a fan, a homosexual fan that came on the V-Live and talked about how their parents basically were not accepting of their sexuality. And they basically were very supportive. Wanho basically said, this is kind of a quote, um, if your parents, I don't know what they'll say until they believe in you. To be honest, there's really nothing to understand. It's just that everyone has different views and thoughts. But if your parents cannot understand you, it seems inevitable, inevitable that you'd have to go head to head with 
them until they come to understand you. And then Juhyun said, no matter what it is or what the situation is, as long as you think the thing that you're doing is right thing, no matter what it is. And then Wanho said, that's right, fighting. And that's just kind of a basic of what they said. But they basically, you know, were very positive about it. You know, basically saying, if you believe what you're doing is right, you know, keep going. And I thought that that was very positive, especially since we're going to be talking about a lot of heavy stuff in this podcast. This is kind of a nice thing. Did any of you guys hear about this or have anything in particular to say about this new story? No? Any Monster X fans uh, that made you? Yeah, yeah I, I heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of like, I don't know, just feel like I was idols, I never know what's fan service and like ah. what someone is actually saying because it's something that they believe. So true for me, I just, I don't know. And I, I honestly don't know Monster X. Like, I don't know their members that well. I don't really know them. Like, I mean, as well as you can as a fan or just somebody who, who consumes their music mm-hmm. um, enough to, I mean, gauge it or to feel confident in, in if it's just something they're saying because it's, it's the right thing to say and it's, or it's something that they're saying because they actually really do believe in it. And mm-hmm. even if their company told them not to say something like that, they'd still do it because that's what they believe in. Yeah. Uh, true. Okay. Well, before I say that too, um, is that, you know, that this is pride month. And so like all these companies now have like their rainbow, logos and things like that and they guarantee you when July 1st comes around they're going to get rid of that and that the the LGBTQ uh, community quote unquote um, that they're very very loyal fan base and they have a lot of money and that some of their icons that they support part of the reason why certain people are still around is because they have lgbtq fans still supporting them or enough of them supporting them um <clears throat> and other people see that like these companies and stuff like that so they're like oh i'm gonna slap on our rainbow and say love is everything so they can get some of that some of their coin um like nat saying is that some of it no, some of it. Mm. <laughs> All of it to me seems like it is fan service or that people look way deeper into how same sex people interact with each other in K pop, like how their culture is, is like that's how you kind of show affection towards your friends or like holding their hands and things like that. Like for the guys is like I'm secure enough in my sexuality that I can hold another guy's hand and it not be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that people in the West view that differently is like a more romantic kind of thing. I know other cultures, like there's that's like the kissing on the cheek or on the mouth or whatever, like that's how they say hello like that. But some people are going to turn like, oh, they're boyfriended, you know, <laughs> like their girlfriends mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. Um, so it's kind of like it's not that kind of angle isn't always there. Um, one ho has been into some controversy like from the beginning because he dated somebody that I could be wrong. I mean, if I'm wrong of like this scenario, please correct me. Don't be rude about it. Is that he 
dated somebody that was transitioning either from male to female or female to male. And this is like mm. way before, way before he was like a trainee, um, like way, way before when he was still kind of like a nobody. Um, and so there's that piece. And like, even some of the things he said, even before now have been like, that he's really accepting or at least open-minded to it um, mm-hmm. like that. So it doesn't surprise me that he said it, but then again, still, it's kind of like, is he, it's kind of like fan service kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then like, the thing is too, is like what they said to that fan kind of bothered me a little bit. It was like, they say like that they have to come out or that they should. And that's, a whole big other thing and with the LGBTQ of like should a person come out or shouldn't they and sometimes it's not always the best decision to make mm-hmm. because when you say it you kind of can't take it back and you don't and if you're really unsure of how people are going to react I mean it might seem silly like why should it that <laughs> like you know what they're going to do but there have there's a lot of kids that become homeless because they say like I'm gay, I'm straight, I'm bisexual, or however they identify, and then their parents can come out, and they have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And then that's just like a downward spiral of, like, they're homeless, and then they do certain things that they probably otherwise wouldn't to survive, and things like that. So coming out isn't always an option or something that people even want, because, I mean straight people don't come out even though that's the norm like mm-hmm. that they're like oh mom and dad i like girl like if they're a straight person or like you know mom and dad i like boy so it's like kind of like why isn't an event some for some lgbtq people to do that like it's, it should be like their choice if they want to do that or not but yeah <laughs> that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> okay very interesting good discussion oh i just want to um sorry to interrupt i just want to because i did google that um what you were saying about wanho Mm -hmm. and basically it's appears from these sites that he was dating somebody who has transitioned into a man so i guess at the time um he was a sheep like that's how they um I guess the those are the pronouns they used, and now his ex is a he. Yeah, I know it was okay. one way. Yeah. It was yeah. It was a trans. I didn't know the transition. Like it was from male to female, or female to male. And that was like, and I mean, I was kind of like, okay, when I first heard about it, so I really didn't pay it that much attention because I was like, that's something like more so in his private life. Yeah. So I wasn't gonna like be Sherlock Holmes about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wasn't. I was just like, okay, uh, I'm aware of it, and then I moved on. But I just thought it was like really interesting if it was mm-hmm. sort of somebody who had transitioned when they were dating versus now. Mm-hmm. That would be something very unique in K-pop, in the K-pop world, in the K-pop community. It would destroy his career. I'm just yeah, that's under. a thing, right? <laughs> Yeah. I would just, uh, unfortunately, yeah. Monster X would be no more within like a day. <laughs> yeah, but that's why we're very Probably interested. Like, that. Yeah, it was like so. there's no way that like the the public and the fans would have just been okay, mm-hmm. even though like there's nothing wrong with it. But like there's no way 
that they would have been fine with yeah, it. Like the Huna and Egon, yeah, like the whole thing, like they was just like they're dating and it was like they were out here killing people in the middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's what dating is like. That's what dating is like to the fans. Yeah, they gotta be dating in cars and things like that because it's such a taboo thing. Um, it's interesting that you guys brought up the things that you did because that actually transitions really well into our next story, which is about Sunmi. Sunmi recently, I would say not too long ago, made news, made American news actually as well. Uh, she was performing at in Amsterdam in the Netherlands for her warning world tour. And she took some time to make a speech to the crowd and a lot of people took video of it basically. And she said, I have many different sides of me like dorky and LGBT. There are sides of me that I know very well, like, just like I said, and sometimes there are times when I don't know myself. And after that happened, the video trended she trended on twitter and people were like oh my gosh send me was coming out she was low-key coming out uh she was you know trying to you know basically you know say she was a lesbian without saying lesbian and of course um maybe a day or two later she clarified on twitter uh, she this is what she wrote. Haha, I was saying I have so many different sides of me, like dorky and LGBT queen. Yeah, I support LGBT, but don't get me wrong, guys. And it's interesting because there are still I have still seen people on Twitter and other places that think that she was um, low key trying to come out without actually coming out. Um, they basically don't buy her explanation. And it's just interesting. I mean, it got people talking about, you know, using, uh, you know, gay rights for your own promotion. I mean, some people thought she's just kind of using this as a kind of a prop and she's not serious about it. Or she shouldn't have said that if she didn't mean it. I don't think there was any ill intent behind it, but maybe she should have been a little bit careful about how she worded it if she, you know, wasn't trying to say that she was part of the LGBTQ community. Maybe think a little bit about, you know, what you're saying and how you're saying it, because these kind of things, you know, people take you know, seriously. And Sunmi, from what I can, from what I can glean, it seems like she has quite a few gay fans. So, yeah. Any thoughts on Sunmi? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, I missed this whole story when it dropped. And even, like, after she'd come out and said what she'd said, I... I kind of missed the whole thing. So. Wow. Yeah, she was so trending was, on like American Twitter for so like lucky. a little while after yeah, it happened. You are so lucky you missed that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that kills me about these K-pop fans is because that 
anybody can wear a rainbow and they're like, oh, they support the LGBT and mm-hmm. they like, uh, do they really? Right, <laughs> right. Really? Like, they just wear a rainbow. That doesn't mean anything. They can still be hateful. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not about to go there, but I mean, certain people in the West that uh, probably very recently are like, oh, I'm very accepting and things like that. And I was like, mm, you still seem like a hater. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, you're, you're just like the companies. You're just like these companies with these like, logos right now. I'm telling y'all, ain't none of these companies come July 1st are still going to have their rainbow logo up. They're going to have it taken down with the quickness to whatever their regular logo color is and pretend like they weren't out here tweeting about love is love and all this kind of stuff and buy our special rainbow merch and stuff like that until the next Pride and stuff too. Um, and this one is like the 50th anniversary anniversary of the Stonewall uh, riots that happened in New York. Um, like that. I mean, I have only... I've only seen, no, not even one thing really about it. It's on Twitter, but I was kind of, it was kind of there (laughs) when I saw that. And I kind of had an idea of it too. But besides that, like, there's been no mention of that really. Taylor Swift referenced it in their video. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to say it, I'm but she did. Back to <laughs> what I said earlier, you know, I'm not going to name any names about people that <laughs> my haters for such a long time, and then all of a sudden they're <laughs> they want to be down. People, I feel like I feel like a lot of people just feel like it's a trend to mm-hmm. just hop on, and it's it's just irritating, like. I thought it was kind of weird how like everyone has the rainbow. You know, it seems like all of a sudden, right? Everyone has the rainbow, like you know, thing. Like everyone's kind of logo or whatever is behind like a rainbow yeah. background, and it just happened kind of all of a sudden. Like, like all these companies decided, yeah, we're yeah. going to buy into this. Yeah, and- yeah, it, and you've got these or people making like these really. Um, like sort of dumb statements like oh yeah that's right i don't eat chick-fil-a so i'm just such an ally and i'm like mm. what are you talking about like there are still lgbtq people that eat at chick-fil-a even if they are aware that they're donating to these hate groups <laughs> yeah it's just like, it's still like people still going to the coachella when the guy that owns it you know is like hating black people and stuff like that right um, mm. so come on let's not start cherry picking up around here okay yeah because <laughs> then you gotta yeah let's just not even go there. Mm. <laughs> i feel like it's um pride capitalism in a lot of ways mm-hmm. where you know, the money is there. So people now are flocking to it, whether regardless of what they believe, like, you know, the employees and the um, where they see that there's money to be had in this. So regardless of the owners and, you know, the shareholders and even the employees, like I'll give an example. Um, as soon as Pride rolled around, Old Navy was, you know, like 
all over it, talking about diversity, inclusion. Because, I mean, it's not just about, like, like for these companies, it's not just, like, oh, we're not just LGBTQ+, plus, you know, whatever. We're also, like, you know, we're all about diversity. So racism and, you know, feminism. We embrace everything this month because it's, like, pride for everything in a lot of in a lot of ways but like there's a story of like this black girl getting like harassed at an old navy and like the employee would like grab it onto her arm and like embarrassing her and all, all this stuff it's like that family um who got who had the like police officers trying to shoot them for like a for for their daughter getting like a stealing a doll at a dollar store or something like that you know and you have stories of like you know all the trans women who are murdered like like ridiculously large amounts of trans trans people sorry who are murdered like you know every day like they have like the highest some of the highest percentages i think in um like uh, in terms of like a population uh, and it's it's like nobody's really doing anything about any of these things but you know black history month pride month you know asian pacific heritage month you know all these different months people are willing to sort of capitalize on it in a capitalistic way and it's so hollow and empty and i mean like with sun me i i don't know like as i said because i kind of missed everything i i don't really know what she was trying to say because i feel like sun me usually from like what i gather from her she's really she is really trying to open with her fans and she doesn't always get the words out right so i don't know if maybe she meant to say that she knows she was 100 with them with like the lgbtq plus kind of community and it came out wrong or or what but the fact that she kind of went against it and contradicted it really quickly you know like that is the shady part i think because then also yeah. i feel yeah. like you have to remember I mean, we're talking about Korea, yeah, where she's from and where her business is, you know, yeah. where she's got all of her CFs and everything from and an out idol, you know, I mean, everyone's like, oh, she's coming out, you know, um, but the chances of that happening are, I mean, look at Holland. I mean, I mean, for me, it's like not at all in regards to whether or not you know, the whole coming out thing. I don't, I honestly have no thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about sort of, I, and I could just be reading too deeply into it because I was just being real sensitive, but I just felt like her tone with the way she responded with to it, like when people mm-hmm. were speculating was like, almost like she was offended. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's still a problem. You know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. can claim that you're support and that you're an ally, but if you feel offended at the insinuation, that's still a problem. But I, I yeah. could be like I said, totally wrong. I'm not Sunny, so I don't know if she was offended or not. I just got that vibe because idols have done that before, yeah. where they'll, you know, do essentially they're just kind of doing fan service kind of because they're uh, trying to pander or whatever, and then they'll come out and be really offended by like the suggestion that someone thought that they could be. I I get. I know it's a complicated issue if a person actually. It does identify, and they're they're not straight. They're not heterosexual. But what I'm saying is, it's just like the way you respond, the words you choose are really important. Yeah, you don't want to come off like it's a problem. You know what I mean? If we are claiming to be an ally, yeah, and it's really tricky because, I mean, you know, we're going off of what she wrote. So with that, you know, you can't get tone from what someone wrote. I mean, I can get tone from what somebody writes. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I, I think that 
because I think it's all about if you're familiar with like the way a person presents themselves publicly Mm -hmm. because you kind of can get tone. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like I said. No, it's I, all valid. Yeah. To me, to me, it's just like no, watching the video and everything, and then combining that with what I know to be the sentiment, the general sentiment in South Korea, and combining that what I know to be a person's history. You can kind of get this feeling of this person isn't like they 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 still see it. They're claiming they don't see it as a problem, but they still do. Hmm. I mean, and that's totally, I mean, possible because, I mean, like you said, with what we know, that could be definitely what she possibly meant. Like I said, it's all valid because, you know, at the end of the day, we don't really, we don't know what she meant because we're not in her head. But, you know, we can only kind of, you know. For me, it's not, a, it's for me, I don't, I don't like to dabble into like what people necessarily not people. I don't like to dabble into what she necessarily meant as much as what actually happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. only judge what actually happened. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's just like my thoughts on it. I don't really have any other, like, I don't I don't have any thoughts about the anything else except mm-hmm. for just making yeah. sure that as a celebrity, as somebody with influence, you have a responsibility to respond to things in a way that um, is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that's like just like a responsible way, basically. Um, and I could, and, and that goes for anybody. I'm not just like necessarily talking about Sunny, but like even there, even for example, you know, the whole situation with the Stray Kids dude who literally just mm-hmm. keeps like honing in, like, yeah, like he keeps doing the same thing over and over again. And he's actually, um, if I'm not mistaken, he's either from Australia, Canada, or America. Don't ask me why. I don't know which one. I <laughs> I just know he's from one of those. And he keeps doing this whole thing where I'm going to say ninja because it sounds like the N word. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, he responded if, from my understanding, he responded to the situation where people told him not to do it or whatever the first time. And it's like the way you respond to that is super important. Don't keep doing it. I just want to say for clarification that that Stray Kids member, his name is Bong Chong. Uh, Bong Chong, that is the one that keeps using the word ninja. Just just for clarification. Um, and other news it has been revealed that a Produce 101 contestant named Q from the group The Boys is apparently a flat earther. He did a Twitter post where he wrote, there's so much we don't know about the world we live in. Are there any strange conspiracies that you believe in? The Mandela Effect? Flat Earth, aliens, time travel, and then there is a check beside Flat Earth. Uh, and I think this one is notable, particularly because Flat Earth thing, it's mainly, I think America, people have kind of seen it as an American thing because it's taking hold in America for whatever reason. But to see that it's kind of made its way over to Korea is both intriguing and frightening and the fa- <laughs> the fact that we can now say a k-pop idol is a flat earther is uh, a bit disturbing but 
But there you have it. We know someone that is in a K-pop group that is a flat earther. Okay. Can I make... Oh, sorry. Yes. Let me this right because I... Yes, please. I comment. love this. I think this is hilarious because, first and foremost, I don't like the idea... I just want to say this. I don't like the idea that aliens are a conspiracy. And the reason why is just because the universe is vast and we don't know what's out there. So call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever. I totally believe that there are other be other life forms, possibly. It could even on a microbial scale out there in the universe. I think that that is totally possible and it makes sense. Okay. Now that we've separated the fact that aliens are not at, at all similar to flat earth. <laughs> I think the flat earth thing is hilarious just because of the fact that I don't know, like anybody who like is into like NBA basketball, you know, that Kyrie Irving is a known flat earther. Mm -hmm. And when it came out that he was a flat earther, he got a lot of backlash because people were saying what you're doing. And also Stephen Curry made a joke that he was a flat earther. And like he got backlash, too, because a lot of people were saying what you're doing is you're making kids dumber by influencing them to be flat earthers. And I never really saw it that way, but I could, like, in K-pop, I feel like I could totally see some K-pop stands becoming flat earthers because their fave is a flat earther. Um, That's how you prove that you're a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I've, do you guys think that, like, some fans are that, like, fanatic? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Totally. Absolutely. This guy... You know K-pop fans, yes. Stray Kids and B.O.B. are going to do a collab, a hot fire collab. <laughs> <laughs> what are these days? And it's going to be magical. I do want to say that the Mandela effect is real. Everyone thought, <laughs> Wait, what is the Mandela effect again? It's like a false memory sort of thing, yeah. but it affects like larger groups of people. Because uh, remember, yeah, everyone yeah. thought it was the Berenstein Bears and it wasn't. It's Berenstein Bears. But I, you ask anybody... Anybody five years ago, everyone remembered it being the Berenstein birds, bears, sorry. So, and also about Sinbad being in that movie Shazam in the 90s. Wait, what movie? Okay, so basically, I remember Sinbad being a genie in a movie in the 90s. I couldn't remember oh, the yeah. name of it, but I succinctly remember it. Like, I remember it clearly. Like, I even remember this movie. And it's one of those things that everybody sort of remembers, but it didn't actually even happen. No, I, it's so weird because I remember him being in a genie movie, but I always <laughs> knew that Shaq was in Kazam as a genie. Yeah. Yeah. But I, for whatever reason, also remember Sinbad being in a movie as a genie. But I'm sure if you go to his IMDb, <laughs> you will not see a genie movie. No, you it. don't. You do not. <laughs> so, Interesting. That's not. Uh, that's not like a crazy weird conspiracy that is like something that actually happens for whatever reason <laughs> yeah it's the Illuminati real. but like what? flat earthers i mean you could easily disprove that i mean you fly all over the world get flat on the boat one day have just a rebuttal for that though you should oh. watch the videos of their like i said i'm very fascinated by them you should watch like, the videos <laughs> at their conventions they have a rebuttal for literally everything i was like this is dedication Cause this, and then and then when you ask them why they they like why would the government tell us that the earth is, they just say like the government's trying to cover it up but why like why wouldn't they want us to know that the earth is flat or the moon landing is fake 
Honestly, uh, I believe anything is possible at this point because you never know. That's the thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. so many people, like, there's my, I took a, um, it wasn't a conspiracy class. I can't remember what it was. It was like a modes of reasonings. It was a reasoning course that I had to take at school. And my professor was the king of conspiracies. He honestly believed that, like, the world is run by, like, a room of people. Like, they decide everything that happens. Including Dr. Those are lizards. Well, no. My coworker believes in lizard people. Um, <laughs> so wow. I Report like, her to your boss. Sorry? Report your coworker to your <laughs> boss. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the things I know are just a finite amount of information that about this vast, vast world. Not even counting the universe that you, you mentioned as well, too. So that you sound like a solipsist. What is that? <laughs> As a person who basically believes that nothing, like there's a possibility that nothing exists besides your own consciousness, like kind of like the Matrix. Um, we okay. all live in the Matrix. I mean, I who mean, knows? Probably Remember my simulation comment during the superhuman video. They're <laughs> <laughs> trying to give us signs. Trying to tell us something. Us, I was like constantly looking in mirrors, just making sure. I oh yeah, those uh, things. Oh <laughs> no, but like honestly, though, know, for real, the way like the way K-pop has been. Like, I remember thinking there was a glitch in the simulation last year because of how, like, K-pop was. And then this year, it's just, like, a whole other level. Um, yeah, it's about to be apocalypse now, pretty soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the way the weather, uh, global warming's uh, heating up there, it, it will definitely be the apocalypse very shortly. I think they gave us 60 years, and that's, like, you know, a maximum amount of time left. Ooh. So well, the earth is flat, so none of That's that true. weather stuff is gonna happen. <laughs> that is it's gonna true. roll off her. It's gonna roll off the side. <laughs> Those hurricanes are just gonna roll right off the side. Right, exactly, they're gonna roll right off. <laughs> so, like, my question is, what do they think is like past? the edge of the world? Is it like Pirates of the Caribbean three when they went I heard upside down? Some people believe there's like a like kind of a circle like a globe of like invisible like force around the earth so like the things don't fall off so basically it's still circular like we still have a circle it's wait just not what the planet. how is this globe supposed to stop things from falling off i don't know like i just heard like some of the flat earthers believe it's like a force that sort of surrounds the earth and then that's how things don't fall off and you then okay, what? so then where where is this edge? Like, where's the edge of the world? Like, is yeah, it like a map? You know what? I would believe that. I honestly would believe that somewhere in no, like, the west. Like, so serious. There, uh, like, there's this whole theory about like Antarctica and stuff like that. Because you know, like, twelve people live in Antarctica, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They, they have a whole theory. Like, so I, like I'm kind of like, is it like a map? Like, you know, a flat map you yeah, put on the wall, like a Mercator projection. Okay. Which huh. is like, okay. So you believe yeah. that Greenland is somehow almost the same size as the entire continent of Africa? Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Basically, they're like, everyone's lying to us. So, like, you don't know what, how big anything is. People like that are bored. 
That's my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They're the life I want to live, okay? Yeah. Well, speaking of bored people, Luna fans. Stand oh. Uh, recently, uh, Gawul, their typing fingers got a little itchy. And they got onto Cube's official YouTube channel, which was hacked or got into somehow. And uh, Silent G Idol, their songs were basically changed the titles and the descriptions on the songs of Silent G Idol, as well as artists from other companies like Mama Boo and CLC. And they would change the titles and the descriptions to things like no one, like this one was from Mama Boo. No one likes racist, Stan Luna, or Stream Superhuman by NCT 127. Uh, flops, Stan Promise, underscore nine they would basically write things like kneel before your queen haters kneel just lots of trolling stuff and apparently it wasn't actually probably not a hat it was apparently some kind of thing on youtube's community feature where you can change the permissions or something, apparently fans can translate the title, description, and captions for the video to help international fans. So when you put your language setting to Korean, it goes back to the original. So apparently that's how they did it. And the person that actually started everything um, wrote a message saying, I'm the person who started this I'm sorry for everything I caused. First of all, I want to say that I'm not in orbit and their fandom has nothing to do with this and neither Luna. So stop hating on them. I'm also not a promise stan. I apologize to Luna. Soyeon, CLC, Promise, and Mamamoo. I think someone did it too with WJSN, but that definitely wasn't me. I know y'all won't believe me, but, but what else can I do? They wrote this on United Cube's official YouTube channel. So that is, I mean, whether that is true or not, that is what someone wrote. And it caused a little kerfluff for like a day or two, and then things got back to normal. But did it affect anybody's opinions of Orbits? Mm, I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been way worse than... No, you could have went on a Mamamoo. Did they lie though? In no, I wasn't worth everything that they did, but I mean, the, the thing about Mama Moo for sure was the truth. So, uh, even if it uh, if it was orbits, if it wasn't orbits, I at this point it was it wasn't really that harmful. Nope. So, <laughs> I mean, how do you get mad at people for facts? Like, I, I just don't understand it. Um, let these people live. I mean, they came on, they apologized, and they took responsibilities and accountability. So, what else can we ask for? Yeah. Oh, what were you going to say, Jay? Oh, no. No, no. I wasn't going to say anything. No. Okay. I was just agreeing. Okay. Yeah, I will say that, you know, the whole thing with Orbits, it, I feel kind of bad for them because, uh, you know, I, I get the feeling that 
even though the person said they were in orbit, even if it was orbits, it was probably like a very small subsect of them that would do that if they did it. Um, but they're already getting this reputation of being super like pushy and, you know, basically they're, they're being compared to armies. So, um, you know, kind of having that reputation so early, you know, in Luna's career is, I mean, I, I don't know. I, f- I feel kind of bad for them because other than this, I mean, orbits have not really been that bad. I mean, you kind of see them pop up in weird places. And I mean, they're definitely, you know, very devoted to standing Luna, but you haven't seen, I mean, I, you know, in general, they haven't really done anything bad. So I feel like, all those like Stan Luna tweets that people say that they see under every tweet. I literally never have ever like in real life seen Stan Luna, like seen somebody promoting Luna. I haven't, I see more Blackpink stuff to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I see more BTS stuff, but the Stan Luna part was funny to me. Cause I did see it because I would see it just in random places. So it was more like a joke uh-huh. than people sort of being trying to brainwash you and like, force you to like their group right whereas with other groups like there'll be random posts like but there'll be meaningful posts about like you know discrimination and stuff like that and it's like oh i agree true true listen to this black pink song or listen to this other group song and i'm just like nobody talks about this stuff which i think is far more harmful and just disrespectful in general uh, versus like orbits, I didn't. I didn't see that orbits and like armies for a while weren't getting along for whatever crazy reason there was for that. But outside mm-hmm. of that, I don't really see Luna fans doing anything to bother people. It's like Luna fe- fans get fed, okay? Like their YouTube page is always like being updated. They have covers coming out. Like the girls had all their solos. They like they're always making music. They're all so the Luna fans, these orbits, like they're they're busy consuming Luna stuff. <laughs> they don't really have and I hate to be that person, um, but Luna is like the only like fourth gen group that has like at least eight listenable songs. Like, I can't think of a single other fourth generation group that even has one. Okay, maybe te- text because Crown is cute, but they can miss me with that dog song. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, and, um, more than, than one than, than Luna, but <laughs> I get your point. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? What'd you say that? I was like, I could definitely name more than just Luna and definitely not. You can Luna. name you can name more fourth generation groups with over eight listenable songs. Yeah. Turn me from a cat into a dog. Girl, who? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh my girl. See, fourth gen is like okay. I oh my girl and NCT are technically like third gen. I, yeah, because I, I, so. I, I, I consider them gen. third gen because NCT EXO debuted is, in 2016. Yeah, but EXO is third gen. Yes, they so, started. They're like the early part of third gen. Yeah, but the lot like the next generation of SME is NCT. So technically, that would put them in fourth gen. But would you put NCT and, and, and Luna still, in the same generation? Though? No, Luna's 2018. Yeah, no. when did they start? Yeah, it's like when did they their debut year? That's, that's Luna's real debut debut was 2018. NCT's real debut was 2016. 
That's a huge yeah, world. But you're talking different. about as a group, but in terms of individual con- like concepts and like their yeah, brand, nobody that. Their brand, of course they do. <laughs> That's the reason that people got into Luna because of their individual music. Honestly, the only solos that I really mess with are Jensel and Olivia Hess. So um, yeah, Kim Lip. Kim Lips was superior. The best. I mean, everybody me- thinks Kim Lips is the best, but actually, it's <laughs> Olivia Hair. Egoist is the best solo. Come on now. No, mm, you can continue to be wrong. Yeah, yeah, please. Did you say um, that you and Matt can continue to be wrong? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you are all missing the real gem of Luna, and that is Girlfriend. Okay, there. I Girlfriend is, is, a, is a banger. It is. Yes, I mean, you see, you have tapes. So, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. Whenever you said that the grouping started, yeah, with the individual teasers, well, yeah. If that's the case, then did EXO, is EXO second gen? Because EXO did the teaser thing too. For like a year. Yeah, but they True. Yeah, but they didn't yeah. do the whole thing for as long as they did. And also their come up was in like puts them firmly in third gen. Cause even though like their pre-debut or like their <laughs> early concepts, I know, like for me, I, I go by like groups more so than I go by like I go by groups in the same company more so than I go by like groups in general. Oh, so like okay. that to me, I think is like a um. great indicator because they're always on they always have somebody in the forefront of a new generation. Well, either so way, they nobody have- likes racist and Luna. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Next story. Were you expecting an FX comeback soon? No. Too yes, bad. Yes, because I told you. And I'm mad. Why? In what capacity is this comeback? I need to ask. <laughs> I'm mad. I don't. Because I didn't ask for Amber. All you're getting is Sully, not Amber. Sully. Sully is. Oh, girl, coming I thought you were back. talking about the Japan thing. Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, I mean, Amber's been active, right? We've seen Amber do stuff. Oh, but... Amber's doing stuff now. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's been doing stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's... You mean like she's YouTube? The, the YouTube stuff? Yeah, that's what I thought she was doing. Is that? I feel like that there's an undertone of <laughs> I was just I was just asking a good question. You know, I will say that she, she partnered with uh was it Nike? Um and she has like a huge when I was in Korea, she had a huge billboard sort of um modeling some workout outfits. So yeah. I mean okay. for her in yeah. that capacity. Get your CS. Go ahead. Go ahead, Amber. Get your get your coins because FX ain't coming back together no time soon. Instead, Sully is coming back into the spotlight. Uh, Netizens hate her, but she's yeah. going to feed off of that hateful energy as the host of a new show on JTBC in Korea called Night of the Hate Comments, where celebrities will face hate comments and constructive criticism alike directly. I'm thinking this is going to be something like, can you, you guys familiar with them? Who does this? It's not Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, it's Jimmy Kimmel. Is it Jimmy Kimmel that does the mean tweets? Mm -hmm. Yes, where the celebrities, yeah, sit down and they basically read mean tweets about themselves and laugh. Um, That's what I'm imagining this is about, uh, about 
going to be like. Um, either that or people are going to cry. Uh, so Sully is is basically going to do this as a FU to her haters. She's also going to add to that by making her solo debut by the end of the month. Despite the fact that she was the mem one member of FX that always looked like she hated being on stage and couldn't wait to get out of that group. But she is releasing a solo song, supposedly by the end of this month. And she has a teaser photo out where she looks like she is the rejected member of a red velvet red concept. I, I can't really describe it. She's got like blondish hair with red and reddish streaks through it and it looks pretty bad but yes Sully is coming back so yes no one asked for it literally no one asked for a Sully single no no one did he, if it's was, not all of FX then I don't want it <laughs> yeah I can't well, imagine I mean, what kind of music she would do yeah she was not the greatest singer I think she was only in that group because she was pretty yeah, pretty much. And they dressed yeah. her like she was 10 years old. and yeah. yeah, it was very creepy. And I mean, considering her relationship with that Chosa guy, where he was pretty much grooming her, I'm not surprised about mm. any of that, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I feel like FX may still have a comeback, but it'll probably just be Crystal, Victor uh, Crystal Amber, and Luna. I don't think it's going to be... I don't think Victoria's going to join them. No, Victoria's gone. She's gone. She's in China all doing All the China line thing. are just in China. Like, doesn't matter what group they're from at SME, all the China line is gone. So <laughs> it's it sucks, though, because FX was, oh, uh, they had such good music. Yeah. And it, I mean, I think their, what is it, Pink Tape? Is that the name yeah. of their album? Yeah, it got some sort of award in Korea for being like the most creative pop album or something for being like best. Oh, it was pop a packaging. Album. It was, I think it was a packaging, right? Yeah. I thought it was for the actual content. Okay, so those are two totally different things. <laughs> well, the album itself, uh, okay, look, an award is an award, okay? All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but the, uh, the album itself did get a lot of international acclaim like critical acclaim. Um, and I think it was actually one of the first K-pop albums um, or no, they were the first K-pop group that was invited to some American festival because of the pink tape and because of how good it was like as a solid album um, or foreign solid album, I guess was the angle they were going with, but it definitely was doing things that a lot of K-pop artists couldn't achieve, even the top groups at the time. So yeah. They were kind of like, I always kind of compared them to Shiny in that respect. They were always kind of like that artistic, like... Experimental group. Yeah, 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 experimental group that did different things. And yeah, I think... With, uh, <laughs> I was right. I was right. It was right. for the packaging. <laughs> it's for the packaging. <laughs> um, Jay, which red, like Google is all of our friends today. Red, like, red dot. Actually. Red Dot Design Award. That's what they want it for. And when they got it for Electric Shock, too. Oh, so that's Red a Dot. Great song. Red oh Dot God. Design Award. Okay. That was a pretty good design, though. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of groups that have disbanded, You Kiss. 
Mm. Former member AJ, who also went by Shiyun, took to Instagram a few times where he kind of laid out the dirty laundry a little bit about the rifts between him and his members, uh, kind of maybe let a little bit more loose than he meant to. A fan basically asked him, have you talked to the guys if you kiss? And he responded with, do you talk to people who have irrationally blocked your path, your future? And another fan was like, I don't understand how the members could block your future while they didn't even seem to know that you were leaving when you left. They weren't even aware of your decision, so how they could decide for you. And AJ wrote, because they were pretending they already knew years ago before I officially left. Please see what I have provided on my story. I will erase this comment in a few hours. Of course, it will be on the internet forever. Then he went on Instagram stories to post a full explanation. So he wrote, it will be the first and last explanation of the truth, which I have painfully kept silence for years. I believe that trust is very important issue between an employee and the company. If an employee of a company has worked more than a decade and his hard work has been neglected, if he has been has realized that his and company's will was no longer the same, I think he would have no choice but to choose to leave. I also believe that one's dream is priceless and one's future should be respected. It's his life, not the others. Then I would like to ask, what was this powerless employee supposed to do if his coworkers irrationally kept him from doing anything for the rest of his contract, even if the employee apologized for resigning and asked for generosity with courtesy? The employee would have no option but to wait and to keep silent to minimize the pain of the others because speaking the truth is not always the best policy. So I would appreciate if you could refrain from commenting on the group. For those who were hurt by the decision to leave and those who were hurt by the misunderstanding, I am truly sorry. It was not easy for me to speak the truth. So I would like to speak later on a little bit about K-pop groups and, you know, companies and how this whole thing works with um, basically how they are given pennies and expected to work to the death and how they're basically not respected. Maybe not touch on it a whole lot, but some. But I think with AJ, He's basically kind of insinuating here that he basically was not respected um, and that he was worked, you know, like most K-pop idols are worked and worked and worked, um, probably with not a whole lot of pay and wanted to leave and do something different. He's probably trapped in the contract. And when he got the first chance to leave, he did. Um, and he's also saying that, you know, even though he's, in, I guess in some circles, he's being kind of um, demonized for leaving. And, you know, he's also saying that the members knew and, you know, may have let him be, you know, 
targeted by fans, you know, is kind of the reason why you kiss is where it is right now. It's, it's sad. And, you know, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't a UKIS fan or anything, but I do think when I see these kind of stories, it's interesting because it just gives you a little insight into what is going on. Um, I think there are too many K-pop fans that are kind of turning a blind eye to all of this um, behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, I think that eventually something is going to happen that's going to, um, especially with, you know, where K-pop is right now, going to kind of thrust it out further into the front than it is now if possible. But, I mean, it's, the whole system is just, it's horrible. And at some point, Dayline's going to do an expose. Uh, I don't know. Someone else, CNN's going to do an expose. Somebody's going to do something. And we're going to find out, you know, how these people are really being treated. And it's just bad. I don't blame AJ for getting out when he wanted to. Any thoughts on this at all? Uh, I can't even <laughs> name a UKIS. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, because I can. Okay, <laughs> get on the wing team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was never into you kiss. Like, I'll be honest with you. So, just I think not they did get a win, to... but it was a Jay. You seem like you were familiar with you kiss. Did they have a win, but it was farther into their career? I feel like uh, they I got believe one. so. Yeah, well, like, you kiss, like, from their debut, they were kind of struggling. And then Neverland, I would, like, no, it was a little bit before that. Like, Neverland's probably, like, one of their most well-known hits overall. But they had, like, a few in Korea before that. Like, at least two or three. And then, like, Stop Girl was really big. Um that was kind of when they changed their sound because their sound for a long time was like EDM kind of and then they changed it to like hip hop kind of like She's Mine that was like the turning point um, for it and then they got shipped to Japan and they stayed in Japan for a long time and that's partly why their career lasted as long in my opinion because otherwise they would have disbanded a long time ago because they went through a whole lot of member changes. It was like um, like Nymusis, like a boy version of Nymusis. <laughs> what I could say you kiss is. They had good music, but like the members weren't staying and things like that. I mean, they had a good run. They lasted like 10 years at least. And so it's not surprising that now they're down to three four people now so it's time to maybe call it quits or like they do something else um i'm not surprised about why aj left um just think about madtown that's what i'm kind of thinking about in this like Mm. just getting screwed over no matter what and then you try and leave or like the company's no longer there, but you're still tied, legally tied to this contract and can't do anything, quote unquote, in a way, I guess. 
but I don't know. I don't know how the contracts they are written. I kind of know a little bit more about how they are in the West or like how you can get out of them sometimes. Yeah. So I get the feeling in Korea is probably harder. But the thing is, is like, I don't know. Like they always say, have somebody read the contract. Like you go to a lawyer and you're. An entertainment the lawyer, but yeah, but I don't know if those even exist in Korea or like if the kids have their parents sign it or they just sign it themselves. That's the thing. Not, I get the feeling that even if they do have those type of lawyers, they probably don't get them and they probably don't encourage it. Because you think about these kids sign up when they're so young and they're mm-hmm. probably parents. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I want my kid to be a superstar or the kids like I want to be a star or either there's some rich kid that just you know wants to be an idol and you know the parent is you know giving the company money you know to you know pamper their kid and and make Mm -hmm. them a superstar so yeah they just do it on their own like Tiffany did did she leave at 13 dropped out of school (laughs) and she was in Korea (laughs) and she's like I'm gonna do this and I'm like girl what the frick (laughs) she got lucky yeah she did like that well yeah well other groups uh not quite disbanded yet but Robbie from Vix has left Jellyfish to start his own label. Um, mm, why? <laughs> <laughs> he said he's still in Vix. The other members have re-signed. N is currently in the military, so he hasn't done his contract negotiations yet. However, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying that I think Robbie is going to leave. I mean, usually this isn't a good sign, but he says he's going to stay with them. So I guess we'll see. Robbie um, is not. Why, why though? Why? His music is not good. He has I'm like not. one. Oh, my gosh. He has one or two good songs, but I just don't understand why it's always the least interesting member musically is always the first one to go solo i mean this is even like in black and out of all of them that are still around it's thunder who what does he do (laughs) can't sing can't rap can't dance is not like oh my gosh i want to see him perform same thing with ravi is not the first person i think in vix of like who i want to see perform on stage a lot of it has to do with his little rap persona and just just all around cringe. It is like, oh, bruh, you really think you're about to blow up? <laughs> Jay, you make it really hard to argue with you. I mean... <laughs> well, I was a big fan, too. <laughs> well, I was a big fan, too. So, I mean, I go hard on, on them. I was like a fan at the very start. And so I have history with Biggs, even though it may not be obvious. <laughs> mm, so, but I just, I just don't get it. I just, if, if y'all want me to be honest with y'all, first and foremost, I agree wholeheartedly, one thousand percent, with everything Jay just said. But also, I mean, I, I, I hate to. I hope this doesn't sound mean, but. Honestly, if he did start his own company and you know left Vix, that would probably be the best thing that ever happened to Vix, aside from debuting. He's not really like I mean, people know him, but I mean, I don't feel like it would be 
Music right? doesn't add anything, like at all, to me. He, he, he writes. Work. He does. He does write a lot of the raps, and I guess that piece of it. Do I need the raps of a big song? <laughs> some Honestly, of these, some of them, I would say they add a little something to the songs. Honest, like objectively, some of the songs I will say that. He, but him, his solo oh, stuff. His solo stuff is like uh, maybe one, one or two songs, and it's not like anything he promoted. It's like an album track. <laughs> I, I just really don't like Ravi, and I don't like his music. I, it's not for me. No offense to y'all fans, it's not for me. And I also feel like he, his vo- vocally. Uh, okay, I'll give you, you know, your contributions writing, but I'm talking about if you left the group as a member. Not as a producer, because you could still have a behind-the-scenes role. If you, I'm talking about, I just don't need to hear his voice on a Vix track. I don't. I really don't. No offense. I mean, so yeah, I, I, know that, I know you guys like probably like it to hear his reps, but I'm not into his rap. It sounds like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of like Shangri-Law, and I'm like, that doesn't really need a rap. I mean, it. I mean, that song is beautiful, yeah. and like, I mean, if there was, I can't even think of like what the rap would sound like for that song because I can't remember it. So, yeah, pretty much Ravi's uh, contribution. So, <laughs> okay. So, in other disbanded group news, Kristen. Didn't have a chance in the world. Pledis announced that Preston had disbanded um, later, late last month. And this was after months and months of speculation of them fans asking and asking, writing letters and then not saying anything. And then finally, they made an announcement that seven members had decided to leave the company, had their contracts terminated on May 24th. After that, there were rumors that some of the ex-members that had left the company were going to form their own girl group with um, former Produce 101 competitor, Not Young as the leader. And then after that news got out, then that was basically shot down. And basically a source said the article talking about some Princeton members signing on with a new agency and preparing to re-debut as members of a new girl group is false. Some of the members are currently attending school and studying for exams. We're not sure why such an article was released. So it looks like that that's not happening and Pristin is pretty much dead. And that's sad because I feel like if the other members were going to, you know, put together a group, it couldn't be any worse than what, you know, Pledis did. Uh, Pristin is, that whole situation is pretty disappointing. Uh, They had a few standout members in their group and it just seems like they 
I mean, I think it's interesting to kind of contrast, you know, the girl groups with the guy groups as far as the produce 101 thing is going on. The girl groups are just kind of flopped um, as far as success is gone. I mean, really, if you think about it, the only person from Produce 101 that has been successful is Chunga, right? Mm -hmm. Surprisingly. The only person, nobody else, which is interesting. (laughs) Um, But Pledis has a history of just being complete screw-ups after school, for example. So being in that company is just, you know, you have to pray for anyone that has to deal with them. So, you know, pour one out for Kristen. Does anyone have anything to say about Kristen or about them disbanding? It is nothing but girl group hate. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Like, even, like, in Produce 101, like, IOI, they were killing it. And it was said or mentioned that they were going to get a full year promotion and they got like what like six or eight months and it was like at the height like at their peak yeah but then 101 gets like that contract extension and then they did that extra month of work for free basically because their contract ended in december and they did the concerts in january and just like all of 101 success I feel like what had happened to IOI had they continued to like their full year. And and I know too, it's like a whole gender thing. Like with K-pop is like the boy groups are always going to be fine because they're boys. Mm -hmm. And that the girls have more power in a way because they're not ever going to have to go into the army. Their dances to me are more public friendly. Like any, like more people can do it than like the boys crumping or doing that jittery <laughs> stuff on stage. <laughs> it's easier to follow it with the girl group dances like that. And it just, I'm mad because then like Christine was here. Okay. We woo. I think that was a bop. I don't care what anybody says. It was a fun song. Um, same thing with I like again, it was just a fun song like that. And so they had a good thing going and they just totally, drop the ball on <laughs> for like no reason like you had everything lining up for success and they just like we're not gonna do it <laughs> i mean it's consistent like with girl groups like it's like sister rainbow uh i would say girls day just like all these girl groups like they had like the company had something good going and then they just for whatever reason stopped and it's like why but then you keep the boy group like i know newest is a thing right now but for a long time they were on nobody's radar they were new goose like in the dust like nobody was paying them any attention and they go on these shows and then suddenly everybody's a newest fan they're like standing them and stuff like that and i was like okay where's this energy for the girls <laughs> really like, yeah where is this energy for the girls i mean is it I don't know. Is it so much that like pop music in general that is so geared towards the preteen girls that 
they, I mean, I don't know. It's like they would, they, if they had to pick who they would support, is it always going to be the boys? Even though like SND had boy and girl fans, mm-hmm. like how many boy group fans can, how many boy groups can you say have like a strong male fan base that isn't, I guess, off the chain? Yeah. Something else. But yeah. Like, it's easy. Like, I see that more with girl groups that they have like more of a almost equal gender kind of ratio mm-hmm. as opposed to like the boy groups, and it's mostly just girls. So, and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It's almost like when a girl group can, like SNSD, hit that sweet spot, it get both genders, they can be powerful. You know, they can just like do anything. But it's so hard to get to that point, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. having just girls support. I mean, having, you know, it's not enough. You know, you have to be able to get the both genders supporting you, whereas with the guys, you know, all you need is the girls and they'll support you until the very end, until, you know, you're old and I I mean, to give Western, uh, because I got to, to give two examples. I mean, you've got, we were talking about them earlier, B2K is touring and people are paying money to see them all these years later backstreet boys are touring they're making millions they're filling stadiums people are paying to see them all these years later and they're like dads they're they have pot bellies they're old and people are just paying to see hey. them i love no i love backstreet boys but i mean oh backstreet boys are old <laughs> I, mean, I I love Bashy Boys, but this is the truth. Um, but I I mean they're old. I I mean you know they're older and people are paying to see them sing the same old songs and some new stuff. But I mean that this is the this is the the big like mystery here. Like mm-hmm. what is it that they have to do, and why is it you know why is it this way you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think. You know, I don't know if that's solvable. You know, it, I mean, if it's, it's just a nature thing, you know, you've got teen girls and they're just going to go for the guys. And it's just, and then, you know, when they get older, it's just a um, nostalgia thing or, you know, what? I I don't have the answer to it. Patriarchy. It seems like there's only like like there's like this limited quota of mm-hmm. like women that can be successful either as solo or as a group. And then like once that quota is hit, like there's like no more or they're struggling to stay alive. Like look, like Fifth Harmony ain't a thing no more. Little Mix, I guess they fare better because their whole setup is kind of different. Like they have yeah. more control of their music, but we're not going to get into that right now. Um, yeah. like, <laughs> like, like their tour and stuff like that. I mean, I was like, yes, you know, do your thing. And then like the reviews I were reading was like, oh, they're singing these same old songs again. Like they're holding on to the past and things like that. And I was like, okay, but what about all these old ass rock groups out here that are singing the same ass songs? The Jonas, yep. the Jonas Brothers. 
<laughs> ain't oh, doing sorry. nothing. Ain't doing nothing <laughs> different. These guys ain't doing nothing yeah, no. different. You're gonna say no, something, I... but these, these, but you're gonna come for the girl group that they have just three CDs. Maybe that's all they needed was those three CDs, and all the songs aren't Bob, so they don't need to make no more music. You're gonna come for them, but stay silent about all these men out here that are old and stuff like that, singing the same songs, ain't doing nothing different on their tours. I was like, okay, you gotta split your energy and be just fair to everybody. If you're going to come for one group for what they aren't doing, they need to come for everybody instead of singling the women out, basically. Like, it's just like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> just yeah, stop. no, I definitely agree. And I mean, I've loved boy groups all my life, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I was a huge NSYNC fan. And if and they're, NSYNC is talking about reuniting, and I will be there. I will be there for sure mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know with K-pop I feel like it was easier it was always easier to like boy groups versus girl groups I don't know why why that is or like what it is about maybe like the fan base or the fact that you know I'm a girl and they're guys and they're singing love romantic songs and it's just like mm-hmm. like it's obviously made for somebody like me you know, mm-hmm. versus girl groups where, uh, you know, they're so limited in the music that they can make, first of all, and the images that they can have versus boy groups. And I feel, I also feel like girl groups made better music just overall. I don't know, like, yeah. that's, that's just my perspective on it. And so it does suck when you see, like, girl groups struggle, like, four minute versus, you know, beast. And I mean, for me, personally, I think Four Minute has a much stronger discography. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I do. Like, I feel like... I mean, I can't really name... No, that's not true. I could probably think of a couple of Beast songs. With Four Minute, I can think of, like, a ton. I only know Shadow Engine. I mean, I know other songs, but those are the only songs that I pay attention to. Uh, and Good Luck. I think songs from them. Um, but... You know, four minute they drop bops, and you know, four minute was like not seen as a top tier group, but they were out there competing with SNSD and Twenty One. So they really did hold their own until the very end, you know. But in the end, you know, four minute they weren't able to, you know, move on, move together. First of all, because I, I guess you know wanted to stay with the company, and the other girls couldn't. But they could have moved. I don't really see them. The way that Beast was able to, yeah, unfortunately, and it's the same like Super Junior for God knows what reason is like still out here dropping music every year, and even you know groups like SNSD and like they weren't able to make that transition. FX has gone by the the wayside. SES, the original, the OGs from SME, like you know where are they? What are they even doing at this point? The only one but you I have the guys say... from. I was gonna say I couldn't remember the name. I couldn't remember the name of the group. What was the first group from SME? Um, they had that was stupid it song. H O T, or was it the other H-O-T, one? Yeah, it was they H-O-T. had a song Candy that I. Yeah, they had a song Candy that I can't stand, but everybody remakes. Um, yeah, H O T. Like the guys are still out here making serious money doing everything under the sun and talking about reunion about reunions and actually i think they did reunite last year so one of those things where 
I know the tides just never stick with girls, the girl groups. I can see. Like, yeah, I can see maybe brown eyed girls maybe being able to make it through and only because they basically formed the group themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, that makes them the outlier here. You mm-hmm. know? So I, that's the only reason. Yeah, but they're lucky they're expected to really make sales like they used to. Yeah. Because their last didn't do very well either. But I guess, I don't know if maybe the company's not much money into them. Maybe not. They have like a plan or um, profit share set up. I don't know. But, but <laughs> it's but like where they are is allowing them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but they're but they're viewed in they're not viewed as idols. They're viewed as artists. So I think that is, so they have room to fail. Yeah, and so the, so like the sales isn't like the top concern with them as they. Mm, well, I'm not going to name any names. You can look at the charts and see. <laughs> look at the charts. Yes. And see. So if brown eyed girls do or do not make those same numbers, it's not the end of the world for them. Now, some of the groups that are charting now, if they sell 100,000, this comeback or whatever, and the next one they sell 10,000, that's a problem. You know, like, so people yeah. will No, I mean, in going back... People would comment about that for them, for the, for the people that are trying, but brown eyed girls, maybe not so much. Yeah. yeah, and I, I would say, like, going back to Pledis, Pledis already has a record of cheating their girl groups like crap, even if the girl groups are the ones that built the company pretty much and, you know, established them as an entertainment force before Seventeen came around. <laughs> cough, cough after school. Cough. Uh, but I don't know what it is about K-pop these days. They don't really allow groups the chance to find their audience. And to mm-hmm. build a fan base. Like, Axel did not drop Growl. Like, that wasn't their first song. That wasn't their debut track. They had to build up to that, you know? Same with NCT and, like, all these groups. Like, not a lot of groups had a smash right away, you know? Mm-hmm. So, if they had actually cared about being consistent with Pristin, then they would have... I think they they would have been able to build a strong enough fan base um, to sort of keep them around and, like, just sort of develop them to, for the future and, and then maybe ship them off to Japan and like China to make more money, you know? Um, but they didn't even do that. They just dropped a couple of tracks and then they dropped Pristin V with Get It. And then it was like two years of nothing. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. Like not even a bang, like a whimper. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, I pretty much agree with what you guys said. Um, girl groups have it rough and I feel like with the way that the industry is now with so many groups debuting that there's really no room for people to like grow and build an audience so yeah it's rough out there speaking of groups that kind of ended abruptly Hyolin from Sistar uh, was recently accused of uh, bullying by a netizen. She alleged that she was bullied by Hyolin 15 years ago in middle school for three years. Um, she accuses Hyolin of taking her clothes 
and her money and assaulting her on the playground, hitting her. And Hewlin's agency bride, I think, or is it is it pronounced bride or it's B R I D three. Um, I thought it was bridge. Bridge. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was bridge, but I thought it was bridge. Not sure what it is, but it's B R I D three. That's how it is spelled. But they basically said that they were planning to meet the person who uploaded the post that claimed to be the victim. Then the victim made a post saying that she was scared of meeting her. She was didn't have the confidence to see her in person. Then her agency released an additional statement um, saying that Killing would not avoid what was said, but that they were basically going to hold the person accountable that made the post for insult and defamation. And the original poster that basically posted these allegations to Nate Pan said that she received a direct message from Hyolin and that Hyolin said that she wanted to meet up and talk with her and she gave her her number and that she didn't contact her. Then Nate Pan responded saying that they banned the netizen's account that was making the accusations, but they didn't delete any of the posts. So after all this back and forth, it turns out that Hyolin ended up reaching an agreement with the person that claimed to be the victim of bullying. Um, they apparently had a conversation. According to her agency, that they, they reached a peaceful resolution. So whatever that means, whether, whether it means that they actually had a long talk and came to some sort of... They paid her. <laughs> or they paid her. Um, whatever that... whatever I mean, whatever that means, it's been put to the side and Hulin no longer has to worry about it. So Jay is in the paid. They paid her. They paid her. They gave her something. They're like, shut up, take this money. Don't say nothing else. <laughs> I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I it could, I, I mean, you know, we're talking about middle school. I mean, it could have been, I mean, how many people, you know, were little craps in middle school. I mean, and then, you know, you think about Korea and their whole bully culture, which is completely just, they have a bad, you know, Mm-hmm. bully culture in schools. I mean, it's pretty bad. So it's not completely out of line to think that it did actually happen. Um, and I mean, if she did pair off in, in some way, I, I can't really blame Holy Killen for doing that if that's the case. But, you know, hopefully she maybe did talk to her, you know, if she, this girl, you know, feels some kind of way about it these years later. And, you know, is still bothered by it. You know, hopefully someone maybe did say something to her. I guess this isn't going to hurt Hyolin at all because I feel like because of other things that happened, uh, this story was kind of buried and everyone kind of forgot about it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on Hyolin? No. Well, 
Let's get to the main event, shall we? The main course. Yeah. The main <laughs> course. So. Cow. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you for the introduction, Jack. <laughs> uh, so, um, around about the 11th of June, Dispatch released a report saying that Icons BI tried to purchase marijuana and LSD back in 2016, but the police did nothing, did not investigate him, did nothing, and that he was attempting to purchase drugs. He allegedly told a person, codename A, that he smokes marijuana and asked A to purchase LSD for him as a proxy. And their cacao talk conversations found on the phone of the aforementioned A linking VI to the drugs, basically, where he was asking for LSD. And A also testified that they delivered the drugs to VI, but then changed their story according to the police. And dispatch said that YG Entertainment got them to change the story. YG denied any connection to the case, saying that A only brought up B.I. for a lesser sentence. Initially, this is what happened. However, later, B.I. made a post on Instagram apologizing for attempting to buy the drugs and saying that he would leave Icon. He basically said he was too scared and fearful to try it. And he did not go through it, through with it. But even though he did not go through with it, he was embarrassed and sorry to his fans and fellow members. He is going on reflection. He apologized and left the group. YG confirmed that he left the group. Well, after this happened, police released a statement addressing their request. Um, those that question their handling of the case and basically they said that they didn't investigate because A told them that he wasn't involved. Well, then we go forward and we learn that YG reportedly influenced the testimony in the drug case involving BI. Um, the police released a statement saying that they would talk to those involved and basically YG issued a statement saying that they did not pressure A. They just wanted to check her testimony. Well, after that, A provides evidence to the Anti-Corruption Commission about YG covering up the drug case involving B.I., a decided to submit the document despite the danger of being punished for drug use after seeing that the suspicions of the burning sun's ties with the police were not clearly re resolved. Then we have more about YG reportedly threatening A over testimony about BI and more information about how YG reportedly 
avoided drug test, saying that his way was that they periodically did drug tests, but if the drugs were detected, then they sent their artists to Japan where the drug ingredients could be removed so they don't get detected. FYI, Icon spent a long time in Japan. Years, it felt like yes. years in Japan. Okay. They did. Then, turns out, winners, Sung Hoon, was reportedly in contact with A, who was later revealed to be Han So Hee, who, if you don't remember, was the uh, mess that revealed the top was smoking marijuana and that she has slept with him. And after that, we find out that she was allegedly contacted by Lee Sung-hun. The text where he was saying, where are you? Have you met Kim Han-bin recently? Call me, please. After the phone call, another party apparently got involved on Sung-hun's behalf. Uh, at the end of the phone call, Lee Sung-hun reportedly told Han So-hee that B.I. had tested positive for a drug test and that Lee Sung-hun also told So-hee that B.I. told YG employees that he used illegal drugs with her and that he reportedly asked So-hee to meet him at the YG building. But when she hit the building, she was greeted by a YG representative known as K. Kay allegedly told Han Sohee that they were meeting her on Lee Sung-hun's behalf and asked her to keep the incident about B.I. to herself. YG later admitted to taking her phone in the meeting with Han Sohee where the alleged tampering took place. But he said, Yan Hun Suk said that he was worried that she would record the conversation. But he said that he was careful with his words, told her that we initiated a drug test twice a month, but that Hanbin never tested positive. He said that she will be cleared of her charges if BI tests negative. He said she then got scared and willingly changed her statement. However, Han Sohee says that Yang Hun Suk forced her to change her statement by saying that he has ways to look at her statements and that he allegedly offered Han Sohee to pay for her lawyer and then compensate her. Well, 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 after that, police said that they were going to investigate BI and YG over a drug case and ties to the police. Lawyer Bong Jung-hun went on Kim Hyung Jung's news show and talked about how testimony regarding BI and the drug case had disappeared from police records. Well, he says that when he questioned police as to where the records went, they denied that they ever took place. Later on, he goes on another television show. Um, he says that later on, he found these uh, alleged records. Um, he found them somewhere after having them having disappeared. He said he found them. And also says that um, there are many other celebrities involved in this scandal. He said that he can't say much because the truth relies on Sohi's testimony, but she says there are many more others involved and that they are connected to YG. Well, I promise I'm almost done. The police reportedly forwarded the report on the drug case involving the eye to prosecution. 
and the prosecution, surprise, surprise, took no further action. This is saying that police, with the details being revealed, new questions came up about why the prosecution did not investigate the allegations surrounding B.I. initially, and they also allowed Sohi to leave the country and go overseas after she gave the testimony. And there's basically no answer to that other than that the police are corrupt. Yes, initially they did nothing. Later, um, more recently, police and prosecutors, prosecutors are basically in Korean media, basically playing the blame game as to why the whole thing was covered up. Um, they're basically trying to throw each other under the bus and say one or the other did not follow up on things. And that's why I, the whole thing was never looked into. <sighs> to top everything off, on the 13th of June, YG made an announcement that he would step down from his positions at YG Entertainment. He said that he was sorry to all of his employees who were silently continuing to do their work throughout the downpour of criticism. He said, I'm patiently tolerating words about the current situation that are too disgraceful and humiliating to mention as they have been told indiscriminately as though they are truth. However, I think it's too difficult now. I think there can no longer be a situation where YG, our agency, celebrities, and fans are expecting harm due to me. Then he said at the end of his note, lastly, I believe that the truth of the current media reports and malicious gossip will be revealed through investigations. He basically denies wrongdoing. His brother also stepped down as CEO. Note, despite his official departure, Yang Hyun-suk is still the largest shareholder of YG with a 16.12% stake, while his younger brother and CEO Yang Min-suk owns 3.31%. And I'm done. With YG. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, what I mean, I you know when I found this out, it was like way later on in the day, so I was late. But I was just kind of like, wow. And then I was like, well, this is not going to change much. But I do have a coda. According to uh, some things I've been reading on Twitter lately in Korea, there have been people have been turning on YG. There has been a concentrated, organized boycott against them by Korean netizens and fans to boycott their music and their artists. Their stock has been dipping. People are saying that if their stock continues to dip lower, that they may be in some real trouble. Because I have to say it, I mean, there are two, uh, I mean, you Maybe you call them victims. I don't know if I would call them victims, but people that kind of benefit, don't benefit, have benefited the least from this. First of all, this is, I would have to say, Somi debuted at possibly the worst imaginable time that you could think to debut a person, which would be in the midst of all this. Uh, her whole debut was obviously thrown together. 
her envy, everything. She looked like she just learned all of the choreography and everything yesterday. It just, and netizens and everyone just tore her apart. And she uploaded something on Instagram or was it Twitter where she was crying. And I mean, you kind of feel bad because I mean, it really, it's not her fault. I mean, it, you could say anything about her personal, you know, talent, but I mean, you have to, to admit, I mean, in the midst of all this stuff and YG not being shit to begin with and then having them going through what they're going through right now, you can just imagine the amount of effort that probably went into this, which is probably next to none. Also, Big Bang, I've seen some pretty funny memes, um, including the everything is on fire meme from Community. If you guys have seen it, people use it a lot. Where, you know, uh, what's his name? Donald? Is it Donald Glover or the other guy? Um, comes into the room and there's complete chaos and he's holding a pizza. Um, and basically it's like Big Bang is getting out of the army or Top is getting out of the army and they're coming back to Big Bang to YG and the whole place is like empty or in shambles. And some people have predicted that G Dragon may just do a Shinwa and cut ties and make his own label, which, you know, I wouldn't blame him at this point. So yeah, that's my coda. So <laughs> what are our thoughts? What were our reactions? What are we thinking? How are none of these people going to jail? Like <laughs> that's the well, part that killed me because like Sungri should be in jail. Like yeah. 1000%. Yeah, I I feel like this whole burning sun thing is like slowly dying out. It is. Even though, I mean, nothing was really resolved. Yeah. And now with this whole, yeah, I think, I mean, look. They claim they're going to investigate YG. They claim that they're going to investigate him. But No, um, they're not because he knows something about some of these people that's keeping him out of jail. And I don't think he's going to go to jail either. But, oh wait, talking about just BI in general. It's crazy how something so dumb <laughs> could like cause your whole career to end. And I mean, obviously, it's a Korean law, you know, you have to respect the law regardless of where you are. That's just the works. Um, so, I mean, it's on him at the end of the day. But the fact that these agencies get away with so many terrible things and the downfall of YG, it, it seems, is going to be drugs. And, like, not even just, like, hardcore drugs. I mean, outside of the LSD, because, I mean, boy, what were you thinking? But, like, weed, marijuana, it's just, it's surreal to me. Like, the priorities of the Korean public are just so surreal to me. They have an epidemic of cameras in bathrooms. You know, they have all of these, like, misogynistic, patriarchal bullshit that they're going through, like, with this, like, new wave of feminism. They have all these um, antiquated, like, LGBTQ laws and standards and, you know, policies and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's something so just benign, like marijuana. <laughs> I don't know. Just, I, I still can't believe it. I just still can't. I mean, you work in this country. You understand how things work. It's stupid to not just buy the drugs, by proxy with a known blabbermouth 
but just like in general like going about that in that way like I don't know it's just like if I was a if I was an idol I would be like so afraid <laughs> to even go to like a fast food restaurant much less you know, like trying to barter, <laughs> right? But try, try, try to like barter drugs, you know, with like a proxy drug dealer. Like it's, I don't know. This whole thing is just everything that I keep hearing about it on a daily basis because it's still like stuff coming in and blah blah blah. It's yeah. just so surreal to me and crazy. Yeah, and it really, I mean, the whole thing is that it really it makes you think or realize or whatever that. A lot of these K-pop idols are probably on something, on some sort of something. I mean, how can they not be? Think about the type of lives that they lead, all of the work that they have to do. I mean, on so little food or energy or anything, how do they keep going? You know, Um, the depression, the loneliness, the malnutrition. I mean, they got to do something to to keep performing, to be able to keep going out on stage. Um, I mean, what else are they going to do? Drink. I mean, Koreans are like crazy alcoholics. So, I mean, yeah, but that I mean, seems like the, the only acceptable form of self-destruction is alcohol and cigarettes and yeah. overworking yourself. Yeah. Unfortunately, and the thing is, and I I read, you know, I was reading a post by someone and they were saying that um, in a way to it's almost like the Korean public. I mean, it's not like they don't do drugs either, but there's there almost this feeling of these are idols. So it's less susceptible. And another Zen apparently wrote these people are. holding the dreams of our youth in the palms of their hands or something corny like that uh you know are the you know standard by you know what our youth you know you know basically holding them up as these you know gods idols you know whole thing and it's like no that's part of your problem you know you're holding these people up like they're not people um and that they should be better than you and be you know look better and be able to perform better and be superhuman almost and you know these are young some of these people not even preteen preteens you know and it's destroying them. I mean, some people were kind of theorizing with uh, BI and the whole LSD thing that a lot of people take LSD to feel creative and that BI had some sort of obsession with being a genius or something. I, I don't know. I, I know someone was saying that he was on some shows when he was young, really young, like a little kid and people were already calling him like a young G dragon at that point. And so he had a lot of pressure from when he was young that he was going to be like this next big thing, you know, from like before he was even like eight or nine, you know, he was like, God, the clip I saw him, he couldn't have been more than like six or seven. Um, So, you know, I don't know. Would anyone else have any thoughts? Well, I saw like the start of it in real time because I was just like 
handbent BI that he was trending. So I was like, okay, what's this about? And so then it was just like, oh, I guess in the back of my mind, I was like, what is this covering up? And I was just kind of like on the fence about it because I was like, okay, this is the first time somebody like done drugs and nothing really happened. I guess I was still my kind of mindset, even like with the burning sun, like after they arrested the trash and then like nothing, like it was still like dragging things out. And I was like, nothing's going to happen. I know that was very pessimistic of me to think, but I was like, look at the track record. I was like, it was things. I don't know. Things just weren't lining up that he was going to, serve any time or anything like that for me from what I was seeing. Um, so like when the whole thing with handbang came out, I was just like, oh, okay. Again, this is something that's just it's gonna blow over. <laughs> but I was so wrong. Um it's kind of awkward too because some of the people listening to this may know that like I'm probably like the icon fan here. Like I have their last CD. I have their light stick. I was trying to, like, they better come to America and do the tour here. <laughs> and so for this to all happen, it's kind of like, ooh. <laughs> I sure know how to pick them. Um, I mean, about him taking drugs, I guess it's because, like, it's like a Western thing. And, like, from my experience, that, like, people do that, but it's not people make their choices and I guess that's the choice that he was willing to make for better, you know, for better or worse in his mind that he made it. I mean, we have celebrities here that are coked up and alcoholics and things like that. And it's kind of normalized here. So I guess that was part of it for me too. It's like, Oh, it's just somebody, another famous person doing drugs, whatever. Um, but then again, I'm, somebody from the west not somebody from the east well east asia um where they have a very different view about drugs and how they view them and things like that um he didn't take them so i think that should be acknowledged and that the reason why he was even looking for the drugs like people i feel like are kind of glossing over that it's like this is faux outrage, but it's such a big faux outrage that it's causing all these things. Because, like, the fans, like, they really are sticking by him, which yeah. is shocking to me. Like, that, especially over because it's, like, drug-related, then I thought, like, this is it. Like, the whole group is done for. There's no way that they're going to continue. I mean, sure, they can, or that they can, like, rebrand themselves and things like that. And then to didn't the, Bi write most of their material though? Mm-hmm, yeah, he writes most of everything, and he was under a lot of pressure for that because I know, like, even with their first album, like he was like, "I need to make sure that this is good." He's like, "I got to make mm-hmm. sure that this is good because, like, you know, people are depending on me. They're saying I'm great, that I'm like this genius. I'm, like, I got to do something good." So he's under mm-hmm. a lot of pressure, and that he's a like was a kid for like m- most of his career. Mm-hmm. Like to put that much pressure on somebody so young is like yeah. kind of unfair to him. And then like the whole big thing, like with his dad, there was like always big controversy, like even before 
he was famous about his dad embezzling money and that he got a lot of hate for comments for that and things like that. Those died down. I mean, they still were happening, but it was like once in a blue moon from what I was seeing. But like, there was a time like, where like, oh, his dad's bad. And so he's bad. And he came out of the group because his dad embezzled all that money and it had nothing to do with him like that. And I, from what I know that he's not really close to his dad. That's more so his mom and his sister. So, um, yeah, that was just my whole take on it. I mean, I really didn't get into any conversations about it, like, online, because I was just kind of like, okay, whatever, like, where's this energy, like, when some of the, all these other things are happening and people are silent about, but then they have a lot to say about this, <laughs> again, mm-hmm. yeah. like, charity, like, again, like, the cherry picking for this, or like, oh, this is so bad, and things like that, when I could be like, well, you know, your fave done this and this and this, but you don't want to talk about that. <laughs> so, I mean, I was just like, whatever. I mean, I just didn't think that things would come to this point because of the track record that I had seen before. And there is idols out here that killed people. <laughs> still, <laughs> they still have careers. So I was like, this is nothing. Like, this was three years ago. He didn't take anything. This is all going to blow over. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, B.I. Yeah, was definitely, I feel, a sacrificial lamb because, I mean, mm-hmm. also, you look at Top and how YG threw everything at the wall to get him out of his situation. I'm not saying because, you know, I I like Top and I feel that he's also been kind of unfairly treated for his situation. But YG did support him um, throughout the whole whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, didn't, you know, try to, you know, basically was like, you know, we're here for him and was, you know, was there, you know, did not try to throw him under the bus. And I think with everything happening with Burning Sun and and just the the public tide turning against him, it just all happened at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And B.I. was, you know, in the way. And that it just happened that he, this happened at time. So he, you know, brought it, you know, the whole thing. He just was in the, you know, it happened at the wrong time. You know, long situation. And I think nothing. Go ahead. No, you can go on. You can go on. I can hold. Uh, I I just wanted to say that um, I definitely agree with all of you know the the idea that there is so much. I feel like that he's the sacrificial lamb, and definitely. And what really kind of, I don't know. I feel like like the K nets. In, in in true Knet, you know, words, uh, young Hansuk still won't go to jail, but you there's this sort of outrage because Bi like did something when he was like a kid, you know, like, and it's something very like very personal and very sort of, in my opinion, minor. Just because in the West, I think we're just not used to artists doing drugs, but like, it's just kind of like, it's desensitized to it. We're desensitized to it. Like, it's just like, okay. like Okay. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. But back to the, you know, with, with Hanbin, 
I really, really do like him. Like I, as a, as an artist, I, I just, I just think he's talented. I think he's done a lot for Icon. I think he's done a lot for YG. Um, and it's just so trash to me that, that I, okay. I don't know how to feel about it because of the fact that people are saying technically YG tried to protect him at the beginning. I guess like when it first happened with the girl or whatever. Um, but, or, you know, the drug dealer. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's LSD. I mean, he's, he was a kid and it, it's like a very personal thing to me. Like, I don't, it's just personal, I guess, more than anything. And clearly, like Jay was saying, it shows that he was probably going through something if he felt the need. And now, and honestly, Jay, all that stuff you were saying about like him sort of starting when he was young and just like being into this since just being a kid, like I didn't know all of that. So it just, it really makes a lot of sense. Like if you got someone who's under constant pressure to be a creative genius, didn't he write, he wrote Love Scenario, right? He wrote everything. Like, he wrote everything? Like everything. Producing okay. it, like everything. See, <laughs> if, if I'm him, I'm, I'm feeling like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. So I can only imagine, you know what I mean? I mean, that's not my personal decision, but if he made some decision, I can understand and empathize. I just really hate that they're treating it like he killed somebody, like he abused somebody, or like he has a prostitution ring, or mm-hmm. you know, a, a little a host of other thing, like horrible is involved in human trafficking and stuff. Like he's not. He's just, it's like what well, his decision is not affecting anyone but himself. Let's be real. I don't understand why people why why they're treating it like it's instead of a problem instead of like a an issue that can be rehabilitated you know what i mean if it even needs that because i mean if if i if he said he's not doing it anymore i mean or didn't do it or didn't go through with it i mean who am i not to believe him i I wasn't there so um i don't know i just feel like i just believe that with stuff like that people should be more so supportive than they are like having backlash and i'm kind of glad that like a lot of his fans and a lot of iconics were really supportive like on twitter and stuff like that at least the international um iconics i don't know how the korean fans were maybe someone can enlighten me because i don't know Uh, i mean there was there was a petition i don't know who started it or what most of the signatures are but there are quite a good amount of signatures on it so i know that there is a petition out there for him to be let back into icon um but the thing that gets me is and i think you guys alluded to it is that the thing that netizens are upset about with concerns to yg is the drugs when we have some evidence or some information alluding to the fact that he was involved in prostitution um Maybe prostitution rings, um, embezzling, tax evasion, corruption, um, government collusion. You know, and who knows whatever other stuff. You know, the G just said um, that. You know, is you know other evidence of YG being a scumbag. That those are valid reasons to hate YG. Um, and you know, yeah, drugs is breaking the law, but you know. 
there's evidence to from what we know so far that, that it may have been a situation where it was a culture at the company, you know, if you have people providing this stuff. And if there's more that comes out about other artists that have done the drugs, I mean, it's almost, it'll destroy them. But I mean, if you think about it, if it was the culture, if it was what these people came in as kids and they were brought up in, how much can you really blame them for you know, what happened, you know, and, and say, oh, you're canceled because you did these drugs that were handed to you by a mentor that brought you up when you were a preteen and told you that you needed to do this in order to Ooh. be successful. Mm. You um, want me to think about something? Uh, <laughs> what did you want to say? <laughs> so, I'm actually, this whole thing makes me think about the rampant drinking culture in South Korea and like it's so widely normalized and accepted it's just a thing and it's and I'm not going to comment necessarily on the whole the culture as a whole but I'm going to limit it to idols there have been multiple idols I'm not going to say any names particularly a very very large famous groups not going to say any names who have even stated themselves okay I'm an alcoholic I have an alcohol problem I probably, you know what I mean? I know that I do. And there is not this sort of push, this same push for sort of not, I'm not saying they should receive backlash, but there should be some sort of push for saying, okay, well, I don't know. I, I personally think that um, alcohol should be regulated better just because it is a drug. It is. And, and people hate to say it because it's such, it's a thing that everybody, you know, does or whatever. Everybody drinks. But when it gets to the point where, like, a, your society is sort of built on around drinking, like, drinking is sort of a focal point of, like, your dinners or, like, hanging out with your friends is all, you, you know, like, the big main event is to drink. I think that that is, like, an unhealthy way to build a society. Um, and I just find it really hypocritical that alcohol is a drug. If you it's – it's got the addictive qualities. It's got – all these sort of negative things associated with it. But it, yet, if you had an idol that it came out that they were an alcoholic, it wouldn't get nearly as much of the same reaction. Not saying it should. I'm just saying, I just, it's so hypocritical to me. Oh, they make, they think it's funny. They talk about it on the, the shows, on the weekly, Idol Weekly, those type of shows when the idols come on and they eat and drink together. And sometimes they'll talk about, drinking or whatever or they'll get drunk and i mean they it's, it's natural it's just yeah. it's not considered a bad thing i mean when i was in korea i mean you get out there on the weekend and there are people falling over in the street peeing in the street i mean just uh, you know it's drinking time i mean it's work culture i mean it's totally normal for you to go out with your coworkers for a dinner and be expected to drink. Yeah. No. You're expected to drink. I have like friends who like, I'll be like, hey, what are you doing? Like after work, whatever. I'm just like getting a drink on a random Tuesday in July. Like, what? I, I don't know. I guess because in like Western culture, drinking is seen as more so of a weekend activity, but it's a literal every single day in South Korea. Yeah. I mean, they have hard liquor in the grocery stores. I mean, that's how 
I mean, you can go into any grocery store. Like it's like they have a grocery store, like a Walmart type of thing. I forgot it's called S-Mart or something. And they have a section that's, you know, you can, anybody can go in there and they have hard look or just sitting there. Yeah, they have that regular Walmart. (laughs) Well, depending on where you're at, depending on where your Walmart is. Oh, okay. We don't. In America, America, (laughs) there are certain certain places you can, certain Walmarts that they have. Okay. All right. right. Not every Walmart has that. Yeah, (laughs) I think it might be different in Bible Belt and in some southern states than like. Okay. Well, yeah, ours is a little bit different. Yeah, in the Midwest, I'm. <laughs> the Midwest is not crazy drinking culture or anything, but like you can just like walk into a grocery store and see like heart liquor, and it's so funny because I feel like do they sell that stuff for real? Because honestly, it just be looking like the bottles be collecting dust. I feel like a lot of people just feel like it's overpriced and would rather just go straight to the liquor store. But that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> the point is. Is it is it's just I just feel like that is so weird to me. I get that one thing is technically illegal and the other one technically isn't or whatever. Um or one thing is illegal and the other one isn't, but it's the fact that it has the same effect mm-hmm. and they don't it, it's like their reaction to it is such so extremely different. <laughs> like right. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. And I mean, I've seen that brought up in other circles as well. It's definitely I mean, there are definitely people that have noticed the connotations have seen that whole like I've definitely seen the same arguments on the web um, from other people Um, uh, oh the other thing that I want to say too is that was that well that I did see was that like some people feel like this was a way out for him then that he didn't want to be in the group anymore because I know a long well a while back they had asked them a question like, what would you tell your younger self uh, about like YG? And Hamden said, run. I mean, like, it was funny, you know, haha. But then like, you think about it, like YG was taking his royalty credits away and things like that. I mean, again, he was writing and producing everything. So imagine all that pressure he was under. He's like, not even 25 like that he'd spent like 10 years of his life already at this company like maybe he was tired like he was just like i don't want to do this anymore but he couldn't well he could have said it out oh uh, no i'll save that for like there's something else but i'm not gonna say that right now no 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 that's going down a different like rabbit hole that i'm not gonna go through right now um so maybe like this was his way out i know that yg's contracts aren't as long as other companies, well, like on paper, their contracts are only five years. And Icon debuted 2015, 2014, somewhere around there. So they had like one more year left and then their contracts were going to be up for renewal. What's going to like, you know, was Hammond going to be like, I'm done. I give you five years of my life. We're at a good place right now. I'm out. The other members, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like that, like what their whole plan was or is like yeah I, like, I i don't know so maybe this was like him was like oh okay like it's my time to leave like y'all can yeah <laughs> yeah i actually hope that's the case because the more you like talk about the situation the more i'm sorry i find myself feeling sorry for him 
Like it just it just se- seems like a messed up like a messed up situation. It's I feel bad for him. It's a lot. I mean, again, yeah. like this is like another group that I've like seen from the beginning and like winter two, like that. Um, <laughs> so it's just like all like this history that maybe like people that didn't follow them from the beginning, like they don't know or like yeah. seeing them, like even like BTS. I know I rag on them too, but like I remember like them from debut and like they literally had like the twenty fans. <laughs> on the street i did, i like remember that. they were like super cringy true but i mean but they were different at the time i was like this is something yeah. different like yeah. that, just to see them now i was like that's amazing because i remember them back in that photo with those 20 fans <laughs> like, that i wish i had it so i could just be like oh my god i remember them when they were like that too or like a twitter like before they even had like half a million people i can just imagine ej being like like at a concert or something and holding up that picture and being like remember <laughs> 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 Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's just, I have a lot of history with Icon. It's the, it just, yeah, and Winter mm. Chief, and I really don't talk about it that much. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess in, in some, we love you, Humbin. We truly do. And hey, listen to this. What am I talking about? You um, never know. You I know. Can, that's very true. He's got Don't a lot wait. of free time. <laughs> wow, that, that was very, very. It's true though. He has a lot of free time, and his fans are uplifting him. So someone will mention this video, this uh, podcast, especially if we put his name I, in the title. I exactly. really do. I really like. I said, I he he stood out to me the most in Icon. Him and Bobby, but only Bobby only because I always thought Bobby was ugly cute, but. We love you, Hanbin. He just seems like a really intelligent. Not okay. I can't say intelligent because I haven't actually like sat there and watched like a lot of their material or whatever. But I'm sure he is super intelligent. I mean, I've always, I've always felt like a, a lot of writers can be intelligent. I'm not gonna say all because there are definitely some some songwriters out there who are dumber than a box of rocks. Um. But he just always has come off as somebody who's got a lot of creative energy and a lot to offer. So, good luck, Hogan.